Is the church a business? My time as a pastor, this question, when it's brought up, is the church a business? Should it act like a business? Uh, after This question, after those relating to human sexuality, have created the strongest emotions. Some people say, yes, the church is an organization like any other with a product for the public. It must use the same best practices that other organizations use. Others say, absolutely not. The church is not like every organization by virtue of its divine commission to proclaim the gospel. The church, by this line of reasoning, should not be bound by the often petty regulations of the corporate world in carrying out its mission. Neither is quite right. The church is not a business. We don't exist for the purpose of making money, which is what all businesses exist to do. And the product that we market, so to speak, is always free. The grace of God in Jesus Christ is always a gift. But that doesn't mean that the church ought to disregard appropriate corporate practices and how it operates, simply by virtue of the fact that we operate in this fallen world with sinful human beings. It does make sense for the church to use, for the, to use good business practices, operative in love, of course. But rather than ask the question, is, should the church be business-like or is it a business, I'd prefer to talk about the church, uh, church's business being aligned with God's business, to mean something else when we talk about the church. I prefer to talk about what Jesus did that day in the temple, what he talked about that day, the business of God. This is the only story we have in the Bible uh, about, uh, about Jesus as a child outside of the birth narratives. Jesus is 12 years old. Do you remember what you were like at 12? Some of you might be about that age now or at that age. You remember what it was like for you at 12? I do, and I, I was nothing like Jesus in this story, except maybe for the talking back part. Maybe that, but other than that, no, nothing like this. Jesus is calm here. Jesus is supremely comfortable in his own skin. He already knows what his, who he is and what his purpose is on this earth. Sometimes I have difficulty with those things now, let alone at 12. Of course, I remind myself that he is the Son of God. That, that makes me feel a little bit better. But Jesus' attitude aside, I'm most interested in how he responds to his mother. Mary and Joseph rush back to Jerusalem after they realize Jesus isn't among their traveling companions. They search for him for three days. Three days. That sounds kind of important, doesn't it? Maybe there's another three-day waiting period somewhere else in the gospel. And they finally find him in the temple of all places, leading a study session at 12. Now, I remember what would happen to me if my parents had been searching for me for three days. I wouldn't be able to sit down for a while. Mary probably wanted to hug and kill her child at the same time. Child, why have you treated us like this? We've been worried sick looking for you. 
And then Jesus, dead calm, and with the mildest hint of reproach, asks, Why were you looking for me? Didn't you know I must be in my father's house? Except, you know, it's hard to know what Jesus actually says in that last sentence. The Greek is difficult, and I usually try to translate every week. I go through it. I have a, I have a computer program so I can cheat. It helps me. But uh, going through the Greek, it is tough. It's difficult because you have to supply a noun in there. Otherwise, it literally reads, Didn't you know that in the blank of my father it is necessary for me to be? In the blank of my, it's, I'm, it, it, there's no noun there. There's no word there. It's just a, a definite article, a the, and no noun that it seems to point to. Jesus could be using an idiom here to mean God's house, but it could also mean God's things or God's business. As in, didn't you know that I must be about my father's business? Jesus already knows who he is and what he is called to do. He is to be about his father's business, making the kingdom of God present in his own person. And characteristic of Luke, the kingdom of God is known through its great reversals. An elderly couple become parents to a great prophet, John the Baptist. And a young unmarried girl gives birth to the Messiah. The birth announcement is given to shepherds, not to royalty. A study session is led where the great rabbis are the students and a 12-year-old boy is the teacher. Throughout Luke's Gospel and into Acts, we'll hear story after story of God's, God doing God's business in the world through great reversals like these and even more. God's business is all about the salvation of the world. Way back in Genesis, after human beings messed up their first commission to care for the earth and care for each other, God zeroed in on a particular family to be the means of salvation for the earth. And much of the Old Testament, you'll remember, is that long, painful process of God shaping that particular family to be that light to the nations, to be that means of salvation. They are God's business partners. Now in Jesus Christ, God has made us partners in God's business too. We are partners in God's business of bringing life, health, and salvation to the world. God's business is the church's business. And it's easy to forget that sometimes. We can easily, easily become engrossed in the business aspect of the church as opposed to the business of the church. In other words, dollars and cents and rules can become the dominant factor in what we do and how we do it and why we do it. Money, regulations, all those things, rather than tools, rather than servants of the mission, can become the master. Nevertheless, God still calls us back to our commission as the church to be God's business partners. God reminds us time and time again of Christ's work in bringing salvation to the world, especially in those that the world usually forgets about. 
God reminds us that we too can be part of that. We can be part of God's business, which is nothing less than a grand reversal of all the world's values, which leads to salvation. God calls us back to faithfulness despite our anxieties, despite our fears, despite our failures. In a strange twist, we are called to be like that 12-year-old boy in the temple 2,000 years ago, confident in who we are and in who we're called to be, God's people about God's business. Let's pray. Lord Christ, forgive us when we have not been as faithful to your work as we ought. Remind us in word and sacrament who we are and who you have called us to be, business partners with you in the salvation of the world.